well, since you said I did not have to be comfortable, <laughs> let's see how uncomfortable I can make you. <laughs> but, um... <Not. laughs> just, just roll with it, man. <laughs> no, I am. I'm just making sure it's incredibly clear that that is not making it in the final cut. <laughs> that little joke of yours. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alexandra Kitka, and this is Ergo. it's the burden of being of being the host. Today I am joined by Nadia Iqbal and I'm going to do something a little bit different. Instead of telling you who she is and what she's all about, I think that through the course of this discussion, because we are talking about comfort, you'll be able to find out what makes Nadia Nadia, what makes her happy, what makes her comfortable. So hello Nadia. Hello. What do you think makes something comfortable? It's so interesting because it seems to be something very personal, something very intrinsic, unique to everyone. But in reality, I do think it's very much in a foundation of the physical sense. I mean, if something's very cozy, if you're warm, if there's nothing trying to kill you around you, you're comfortable <laughs> with your surroundings, then you're comfortable. You can, like, fall asleep. You can, like, chill. And I don't know, maybe something that simple can make something comfortable. So you really stress the physical aspect of comfort. Um, so, you know, having pillows around you, yeah. being physically in a comfortable place. Uh, do you think that there is, though, an aspect of, of emotion that plays a role in that? Definitely, but I think that the emotion is always a byproduct of the environment and the situation. Just because different emotions you can call comfort, but then, what, you know, things with language and how do you define these different things... I think comfort, there is a very physical sense of heaviness and warmth that I think certain emotions don't possess and something that's very much tangible with your surroundings. I think it's interesting that you use the word tangible. Um, if we're doing like a Mad Libs and you said the word comfort, I think the first thing that would come to my head is comfort food. Mm -hmm. um, there's this kind of stereotypical like big heavy meal that is supposed to make us comfortable. Um, what do you think about that? My relationship with food is very sad. I mean, the food doesn't really give me joy. I mean, first of all, I don't eat a lot. Like, not like, I don't, I want to eat a lot. But my stomach just refuses to let me and I get full so easily. And then in terms of the food I eat, sometimes I feel a little guilty about what I eat. Um, but in terms of comfort food, it's cool. I appreciate it. Something that I find particularly interesting is the kind of necessity of comfort. I mean, we think of it as something that is more of a privilege, um, but I don't think that's true at all. Um, I was at an orphanage once um, and talking to the nurses there, and they told me that something that people don't think about um, is that these children who are there, most of them were babies, they don't only need to be fed. They don't only need clothes and water and oatmeal. Um, they actually need to be held and they need comfort and there's actually a large problem that even though these nurses are doing the best they can there's still more children that they can they don't have time to to use their time to hug them and to comfort them as a parent would um and it's interesting to me because we don't necessarily think of hugs or being embraced as something that is necessary Man, it is. I think your whole line of questioning just proved how much it really is necessary. And I mean, 
it's almost once again like being like properly fed and being um having all these things and love and everything there is like comfort is that creation like all of those things conglomerated is what creates this level of comfort and hugs are amazing and i know there's like a physical sense of it like biological it releases some like crazy chemicals or hormones that tell you that you're happy you're you know comforted and yeah it's incredibly important and it's just once again it's so warm it's very cuddly and it's also with people like if you hug someone they're not trying to kill you you know also like in the bare sense of survival in terms of um being able to do whatever you need to do a hug is like so many different levels i think of like biological evolutionary stuff that like i'm taking care of you and i'm protecting you from enemies and all of that stuff you mentioned before that you think that comfort is personal um and yet i think that kind of what you just said kind of goes back to the fact that in a sense it is actually kind of universal we use these different words like cuddles and hugs mm. and we all kind of know what that means and we all kind of have those the connotations of those words in our heads um so do you think that comfort is universal at all do you think it is specifically a personal experience it's very i think it's very personal in the sense that it's not a really a social type of emotion like everyone can you know like if uh, people surrounding you are not feeling very comfortable you can still feel comfortable. Like, it's not something that's reliant and dependent on other people. So it is very personal. But, yeah, I would have to agree with the second thing I said and disagree with the first thing I said. It is very universal. I, anyone from anywhere, I have no idea who they are. Um, they could, I could disagree with them in so many intellectual ways. But once again, when it comes to that hug, like, everything is solved, you know? It's just so kind and wonderful, and it def definitely is universal because it all founds in, it, in itself something that's shared within all of us. And I think it's very much a something that, you know, we all have. Um, and going back to something that you said about this idea of survival mm -hmm. um, and, and the idea of, you know, being comfort means you don't have to worry about someone killing you, um, though that may seem a little bit drastic. I think that it is definitely connected to this idea that when you're comfortable, you're not worrying mm -hmm. and you can sit there not without uh, the knowledge that you have to be concerned about all these other things that you should be handling. Um, and in a sense, that's another reason why it's universal. Um, even though, you know, everyone, no matter if you live in a developing country or in um, a so-called developed country, there's always that sense of, I am worrying right now. And if only I was in this place of mind, if only I was in this place where I could be comfortable. Um, and so in talking about that, my question for you is what makes you comfortable? Um, I would love to say that the things that do worry you, things that do stress you out, they tend to have deadlines. They tend to have certain assignments and things that pressure you. And I think something that would make, something that's beautiful is I can feel comfortable within those things. So I was imagining um, like sometimes certain assignments or like visual arts, like I take visual arts and creating art is it's very comforting and also once again it, it's almost beyond your mind i think something that makes everyone comfortable or at least especially for me is knowing that i can do nothing like i'm just sitting here i don't need to like control i can like lie down i don't need to control my spine i don't need to constantly worry about things also in the very physical sense and something that makes me comfortable um yeah just i 
escaping yourself. Having such a strong sense of self and knowing everything about who you are, I think is always a level of stress and being able to just be is something unbelievably special. Now that seems to be more focused on your emotional state than your physical state. Um, and something you said before was that you think that the physical is what yields to the emotional um, and that you need that sort of physical comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, how would that fit in with what you're saying? Because you're kind of focusing on being able to mentally escape from your deadlines and your assignments that you have to complete. In terms of the relationship between the two, it reminds me of this man, uh, maybe he was a philosopher or some type of intelligent person, and he created uh, like a physical representation, which was a pyramid, and it had different levels of thinking, I believe. And the basic foundational one was um, like, you know, sur- just survival. So having like a home, having food, having clothing. And then it goes into like more like thinking, like basic thinking. And I think the highest level was like introspection or being able to reflect. Um, so like I'm having all these thoughts about comfort, about the emotional aspect. But if I am completely absorbed in the very physical, tangible things, then there, is, there isn't that privilege. And I remember you mentioned that word. And ultimately, I really do think it's privilege. It reminds me of when um, I dislocated my knee once and it hurt a lot. And um, I spent all of my conscious thought trying to breathe. I was in pain, and that physical sense uh, made my brain completely occupied with that feeling. So even though comfort is very much a personal thing, it's in a place where we cannot focus on our breathing. We cannot focus, decide not to focus on the fact that we're in a you know, safe home and there aren't um, things that might injure you or harm you. So I think it's a very natural uh, combination between the two. I think every emotion in some level has it. So what you're saying about the relationship between what we do with our bodies, where we put ourselves, our environment, and kind of more of the things going on in our mind, um, it reminds me of the idea of like yoga or meditation. Um, And specifically in meditation, people put themselves in a very particular position and do very particular things. But the purpose of that was not for their physicality. It was for it's for their mind. Um, it's because putting yourself in a sort of physical position will often yield itself to an emotional state. That's so interesting because I, this is something we learn about how sometimes you can like fake it till you make it. So being in a very um, proud position, like hands on your hips or whatever it may be, or purposely smiling when you're not happy might create those emotions or confidence. But honestly, I, there's been a lot of different studies about meditation and the scientific studies have been pretty funky and pretty sad. Uh, they haven't found very tangible like re- uh, proof that it actually impacts people in a really meaningful way. And there's the whole thing about like placebo effects. And I don't know. I mean, just sitting down, crossing your legs and, you know, like thinking very deeply or thinking of nothing, actually. That's what meditation is. It, like, does it deserve to be that, um, like, romanticized if it's just, you're just sitting there and mm. you're just, like, blanking your mind? The placebo effect. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about the fact that when you're talking about the placebo effect, it kind of goes hand in hand with the idea of making yourself comfortable. Uh, when you think you're sick and then you're given medicine, you think you're going to be okay. 
you think that you don't have to worry about it. And so I think that in, in that other sense, it kind of works the other way around in that what's going on in your mind yields itself to what is physically happening with your body. Um, because a lot of the times people, because of the placebo effect, they'll physically feel better. But it's also, when you label something as the placebo effect, I think it's rightfully giving weight to your mind and giving weight to, like, that is what's truly healing you. So if we don't recognize that in certain things like meditation, if it is the case, then we should be praising our minds and not, like, meditation, you know? So I feel like it it alters how we perceive and how we use, like, something like meditation. So if we're aware that it's a placebo, then, like, like do we really you know, praise it so highly. And again, likely if you know that something only works by by the placebo effect, it's probably not going to have that effect. Um, It's kind of, I mean, do you think that in that way, comfort is kind of deceiving us in, in the sense that we're thinking to ourselves that we have nothing to worry about? This comes into the very, very sad issue that, truth is I don't think we should ever be comfortable especially in that we do live in this sense in this world where um fears and um stresses aren't just a tiger being behind a bush that might be killing you and it's far more complicated but I think it's one of those things where that kind of placebo fact that false sense of comfort like if you say every sense of comfort's false which I wouldn't disagree you know it's interesting um I think we, even if you recognize that, you should accept it because it feels so nice. Um, I think, you know, the stresses are so incredibly real, but even if comfort is this false sense, it's something that we as people need. And I think it's one of those ignorance-type things, ignorant beliefs that should be welcomed. So let me clarify what you're saying. Um, are you saying that we always are worried about something so technically we shouldn't be comfortable, but we should embrace it anyway. Um, there's always something to be worried about. But if someone chooses not to worry about it and chooses to just chill and feel comfortable, I think there's a, a sense of power in them. And I actually, if there are people like that, we tend to admire them because being able to be comfortable and not stressed is something we all kind of aspire to have. So um, I think there's always a level of we should be stressing, we should be studying, we should be doing this, but not doing it and just cuddling with a pillow is pretty nice. I think I would have to only agree with you to a certain extent. Oh, no. I think that when we look at a person who is not worrying, of course, we we kind of envy them. We want to be in that position where we're not stressed out. Uh, But I think that if you take it to the extreme, that wouldn't be the case. There's this kind of idea in our society about the, the um, idea that you should go beyond your comfort zone um, and that you should try things that don't necessarily make you comfortable. And I think that there's, there's value in that. Um, if you're not, you know, if you're not worrying, that means that you think that you're safe. Um, and I think it kind of goes back to the whole... Um, evolutionary thing you were kind of talking about before, the idea of, you know, not worrying that you're going to be killed. Um, but what if you are? What if you're being hunted? Um, and I think that if there's a sense of false comfort, if you're taking comfort in a situation that should be stressing you out, that can actually be a very dangerous thing. 
Um, for example, if you're in the college process and mm. you need to be studying for the SAT or filling out applications and instead you choose to be comfortable and <laughs> to take the day off and to just sleep, you might be comfort. You, you, that might be comfortable for you, but it's very dangerous for you. So that hit a little bit too close to home. Um, I'm a little bit hurt and offended here, but that is very true. It makes me think of, I mean, personally, the people I admire also have this level of risk-taking that um, should be something that should be very stressful. There was this one really cool dude that my brother's friends with, and he's this tech guy. Um, he likes skateboards and scooters in the street. He's kind of small. He's Jewish. He wears, like, a really bright yellow raincoat type thing. He's a great person. He's a great man. And then I left with my brother, and when we came back, he had, like, this little tray full of tiny alcohol shots or something and was going to give me one, but like, he thought I was older. But I digress. So this dude, um, he said this quote where he decided to leave his job, which was this really amazing tech job that gave him so much money because he wasn't being challenged. And that was a huge risk for him. And he said this amazing quote, which was, if because of this I end up in a box, well, if I end up in a, you know, in a mansion, then so be it. And it was so crazy to me because... I think it all comes back to this idea that in comfort being personal, it's also very selfish in a way. And when you do stress about the college process, when you do stress about achieving more for others or helping others, there is always that level of fear, that level of failure. So at the same time, being able to go beyond the easy, the easy way out, honestly, of being comfortable, there's also a lot of greatness in it. I also think that's something you want to emulate because in the end, if we all look out for ourselves and just stay in the bed and cuddle with our toys, then like who cares about you? you know? Go big or go home is kind of I think what we're getting at. Earlier today we were talking about the relationship between um, short-term satisfaction and long-term satisfaction and I think that this is where we're really heading towards. Um, it's this idea that in as, as a person, you have to weigh the decision between wanting to please yourself and wanting to satisfy yourself in the short term and being able to take yourself away from that short-term pleasure in order to gain something and be satisfied in the long term. Uh, the example I used was the idea of being on a diet. Um, and if you're trying to have this end goal of being healthy or losing a certain amount of weight, you think that that goal is going to make you more comfortable. Um, but in order to do that, you have to take away a lot of short-term comfort, whether that be literal comfort food in this case, um, or really if, if you're talking about you know the college process or, or just life in general, you're talking about trading this kind of short-term pleasure for long-term success. When you talk about short-term pleasures, and also in terms of the college process, it's cool because people, I think, who let themselves indulge in those short-term pleasures, it also impacts who they are in terms of like socially, how they impact you as a friend. So for example, I do stress about the college process, but I kind of pride myself in not being too stressed out because if you do always look to the future, um, it's going to impact how you interact with others. That stress bleeds into the people around you. And in keeping myself a little bit more healthy in terms of like mentally and allowing myself to be more comfortable, I think I 
really exude that feeling to others. You know, I make them happy, they laugh, it's fun, it's silly. And that starts to be lost the more and more you look to the future and the more you sacrifice yourself. It seems like you sacrifice how much you're giving of yourself to others. It, it, it makes me think of this poem that was really pretty that I read where it discussed how you're always dying to be older. You're always dying to be, like in a future time, you know, like you're dying to be in college, you're all of these things. And in the end, when you're in your deathbed, uh, you forgot to live, you know, it's very sad. One thing that I might challenge is the fact that in talking about the long-term pleasure and the short-term pleasure, we're still very much talking about comfort, just different kinds of comfort. You know, um, in, in a sense, you can be quite comfortable by being productive. When I'm getting a lot of things done, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel comfortable. Um, but what about this idea of just that weird in-between? The idea of utility. Sometimes comfort is taken away and replaced by utility. One example of this is in, during wartime, right? There's a need to cut back the food, to have rations, to only be able to eat the bare necessities um, of, of what you need to survive. Um, and then all else is kind of privilege. You know, you, you don't have that at that time. Um, so when do you think that utility is more important than comfort? It's a very personal decision. I know some people who very much don't care for all the frivolous things. But I, it makes me think of, I think that there's this study thing where, in terms of, I think, annual income, uh, around 60000 is where, it, in terms of a like quality of life, and your income starts to plateau. So it seems to like steadily increase, and at around 60000 it starts to um, find a threshold and plateau. So from 60 to 100,000, one's quality of life and happiness kind of stays the same. And I think there is definitely a correlation between having certain things and having certain possessions. But, you know, in wartime, it's, uh, it's different just because there's so many other very tragic things occurring in the sense that, you know, there are people dying, there are people you have to shoot people, and um, your, your older brother is at war, you miss him. There's so many other things happening. And I think when you sacrifice, like, the quality of your food, it ultimately is a byproduct of so much so many other things being sacrificed and i think it's tough to compare the two just because when you do live in a more privileged privileged sense or you're you know don't have to worry about those things i think it's okay when you're in a certain circumstance where there isn't those tragic things to think about to kind of let yourself indulge in those more comforting things and utility does sound great but i also think there's that connotation like utility like tough gritty nastiness compared to um, certain indulgences that you can enjoy. So I do think there's a difference between the two situations. Um, so you're kind of making this connection between indulgences and comfort. And I think that, I mean, definitely makes sense. Um, when I think of comfort, I think of on Parks and Rec, um, mm -hmm. the idea of treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, them just deciding to spend money on themselves and buying things that on other days of the year you wouldn't even consider. Mm -hmm. Um, however, I think that that only works to a certain extent. Um, again, there are some people who, that's just not them. They don't really need the frivolous. And they take comfort in things that are more simple. 
Um, so with that, I want to shift to the idea of minimalism. Um, I think that this has become very popular um, with like Instagram models <laughs> and interior design and just uh, in a broad range of of pop culture. The idea that there's something beautiful about not having much. I definitely see the aesthetic purposes for it. Um, it makes me think of like apps. I know like Facebook used to have like a gradient of blue, but now it's just like a flat color of blue. And Google, you know, used to have that really cartoony um, way of like creating their name, but now it's like this flat, very more minimalistic design. There's, there's definitely something pleasing to the eye about minimalistic things. In terms of living, um, I can understand the stress of clutter. I think that's something kind of ingrained in us where things are cluttered, where there are many possessions in our life, in our surroundings. It fills us with this type of stress. At the same time, once again, I think it is a personal decision because um, we as people can put meaning into so many things. Like I'm looking at a bed right now with many stuffed animals and I know about their history. You know, they're like, there's a dog and like it's a very realistic dog. And um, if you lived a more minimalistic life, you wouldn't have those sweet stuffed animals. And there's, I still think there's a level of sacrifice in that way. I mean, you might find comfort, but you can find comfort in so many small trinkets that in a way you're sacrificing by living this lifestyle. The reason I wanted to bring up minimalism um, was because I think that the connection we make between the indulgent life and the comfortable life um, is one that is not necessary. Um, so one of the questions that we were going to ask but didn't quite get to um, was the question, what is your happy place? Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking about this for myself. Um, and for me, you know, it wouldn't be one of these like treat yourself kind mm -hmm. of days where I'm just going out there and buying as much as I can. For me, the most comfortable I can be um, is just to be by myself high up in a tree, as weird as that sounds. There's something about just that simplicity of nature that makes me personally very comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I've never experienced that, but I feel like if I did, my life would change. I wouldn't be the naughty I am today if I was able to just relax in trees. But I definitely think it isn't always connected with indulgences. One thing that I'm thinking about, it's not really a happy place, but something that gets me so happy um, is when I'm just with friends and we're just like chilling together. I'm just like, I'm very touchy, so sometimes I just like grab their sleeve or like punch them or like something stupid like that. But it's just being able to have that level of comfort with another human being. And it goes back to, I think, like the hugs and things we've talked about. There's a level of comfort that is so big that... All those stupid, like, college process stresses means nothing. So, it, you have this homie next to you, and all of these stresses that are a bit more tangible don't mean anything. And I definitely think the most healthy form of comfort are things that can't be taken away. And so I think, in that sense, yours is better than mine, because you can't lose yourself. And you can be friendless, you know, maybe something might happen, you might be a bad person, but... I think that's something awesome. If you can find comfort in something within yourself that can't be lost. And indulgences are usually very external that can be lost. Do you think that there's kind of a shift happening in how our society defines comfort? Um, because I think, I used to think that comfort was, um, you know, in those Sky Mall magazines um, where they have all those 
very, you know, comfortable consumerism goods. You know, you can have like a mug that is also a heater that is also a, I don't know, just things that have so many purposes, things that you would never need in your life. And there used to be that sense that that is what makes people happy. And that is what will make the customer think that they are living a comfortable life. Uh, whereas now it seems like there's kind of this shift towards a more minimalistic way of looking at comfort. We value simplicity maybe more. I think it's because we used to feel like the more like techie thing with like everything being able to do so many different tools. And I think that's like with the rise of technology and everything. And I think, um, yeah, the beauty of that has kind of left and all of the romanticization um, was lost. And um, the, the generation that had all of these techie things realized, I'm still really sad. I still have no friends. You know, my family doesn't love me. I'm in my parents' basement. And ultimately, I think the simplistic version of comfort is honestly the true one. And I, I'm hoping that this generation, like, more so, we're realizing that, um, but I think it's, I think it's a natural progression where you, you know, like, the spikes of, like, like, oh, I need all of these fancy consumerism things, and, like, wow, I'm still sad, and we just keep on going through this kind of sad, vicious cycle. We've used the word comfort and happiness kind mm. of, um, synonymously in this yeah. episode so far. Do you think that they're the same thing? that's tough because we tend happiness I think needs to be taken very lightly um, and it needs to be just a little indication of bigger emotions or bigger ideas so when I say like feeling happy it's ultimately like just a big way to culminate all the other like positive feelings of like comfort so I do think that I guess comfort has more requirements in, t in order to feel it. But happiness, I think, is best used, right? It's a very vague concept. Um, it could also, it could be very um, spiky. So like you just, like, feel happy for one second and then feel absolutely horrible. You can feel happy about, like, killing someone. Like, that's not comfort at all, you know? Um, but uh, I think it's still a very important tool, but we shouldn't smush them together. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say something kind of bold that I'm not completely sure I agree with. Mm. Um, but it's the idea that perhaps humanity's desire for comfort and, and our feeling that, that we need to seek comfort and, and our, you know, just everything that we do to make ourselves comfortable. I think that that is not necessarily our end that's not our goal rather that's a symptom of of a greater desire um and that greater desire is not something that can be just dependent on our environment or on things that we put in ourselves or put near us to to make ourselves feel comfortable but it's this idea of more of an a deeper inner peace or a, an inner joy that would just go beyond the circumstances of what is around us what do you think about that? Um, so you think that in comfort we're like seeking something greater, like a secret greater thing? I'm, yes, I'm, I'm saying that 
there's no doubt that humans seek comfort and we want to do things to make ourselves comfortable. But I think that beyond that kind of temporal sense of desiring comfort, we're actually desiring something far greater and that our desire for comfort is merely just the first step in that. We think that that's the way we're going to get this sense of greater joy. Um, so the sense of greater joy, it might be true that we're seeking it in like our little indulgences or just like being in a high tree, but I still think that greater joy is false. I don't think it exists. Um, because once again, we as people, you know, we eat food, we do our work, um, we talk to our friends. It seems like a very simple life. So the idea that there's a greater joy, that com like comfort gives that illusion, but I don't think a greater joy or a greater purpose really exists. Well, I, I'm not necessarily arguing for or against the idea that there is a greater joy. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I would say that there is, mm -hmm. but um, I, was, I was more going towards the fact that do you think that our desire for comfort is just symbolic of a desire for something more than comfort? Or do you think that comfort is enough? I think in the moment when you feel very comfortable, um, you feel like you want this to last forever and you feel like you found the answer, something that you've never understood that's you've been missing your whole life. And then the stress comes back and um, it all comes back. Ultimately, I think the things we feel with comfort, it's cute, but ultimately, you know, it can only get you so far. So, Alex, you're a very interesting person, you know? So I want to learn more about you. Um, so I think we've definitely mentioned the kind of the conflict between comfort and also things like utility, productivity. And I'm curious, when do you, when do you like as a human being, as Alex, sit down and think, wow, I, not, I need to stop being this lazy or I need to like get something done? Where is that like arbitrary line for you? So for me, it's actually not that arbitrary. Um, I kind of get myself into this bad habit of just bringing myself comfort in, into like a breaking point, you know, where I'm just like so tired of being comfortable in a way, you know, like I've just been sitting around doing nothing and it just drives me insane. And so there's a certain point where I just break down and I just have to get something done. Um, and I think that, I don't know if that is a universal thing. I don't know if that might just be personal to me, but, um, I'm someone who is very, I don't want to say I'm happy when I'm getting stuff done, but it definitely lends itself to that. Um, there are certain things I want to accomplish and when I'm closer to accomplishing them, there's this, I guess, deeper sense of comfort that that leaves me with where I'm not, I may not be physically comforted, but there's this emotional sense of comfort that I'm brought when I finish a task or do, do something along those lines. I feel that makes you like a more successful human just because you can get things done and find comfort in that. Oh, shucks. Pretty cool. Um, do you, I mean, how about like socially? So do you ever see your friends be stressed or like, do you ever see them like sacrifice this level of comfort and indulgences? And um, how do you respond? Like, what do you, what advice would you give? So I consider myself 
a pretty stress-free person generally. Um, I think that especially in the last few years where I've seen a lot of my friends become really stressed out about different things that is hap that are happening in their lives, um, I'm pretty good at handling that and I'm pretty good at being able to get things done but also not stressing about the things that I'm not really able to get done. Um, for example, uh, I have no problem with like doing my homework right before class, which is something like a lot of kids do, but um, a lot of people who have really good grades, that would stress them out a lot. Um, I don't see a problem in it. I, I see it as if, well, you just get it done by that time and you'll be fine, you know? Um, and I think there's that sense of me being able to um, be more comfortable without those traditional measures of comfort uh, because of that. Um, I forgot what you asked me. Oh, just like in terms of friends. So if you see a friend being stressed for these reasons. Like, oh, so like what advice you said? Yeah, or like how would you respond to that? I think it's very difficult because um, a as we've talked about before, comfort is very personal. Um, and I talked about how productivity gives me comfort, but I definitely don't think that's universal. Um, there are certain friends that come to mind that for them, when they're doing things, it gets them even more stressed out. Um, even if they finish a task, all they can think about is what else they have left to do. Um, so I think that it's, honestly, I don't know. I, I don't think that I could point to something and be like, this is the thing that if you follow this checklist, you'll be okay. Um, I think that I have grown a lot in the last few years in understanding myself and how my brain works and that because of that it's really a personal journey and i'm curious so you as a successful human being are able to um, like mesh together like this idea of feeling comfort in productivity and getting things done but in this like let's say you truly had to choose between like two extremes like um feeling incredibly comforted comfortable but sacrificing a lot of productivity or the other way around like changing things manipulating things, getting things done, but ultimately lose it, like feeling very stressed out and like, um, you know, all those feelings. So ultimately, which would you think is better for the person to choose? So first I'd like to clarify that I by no means um, think that I am that successful. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah, just, I, I just like to, to have that disclaimer out there. Uh, but to answer your question, um, I would say that it is not necessarily dependent on whether I'm getting things done, um, but rather on what I am getting done. Um, and I think that there's this sense of comfort being, being a danger, as we talked about before, but specifically being a danger to others. So if I'm able to get things done and I'm very stressed out, but I'm getting things done that are beneficial to the community around me. I think that that is ultimately better than being in this false sense of comfort and letting others suffer at that at my expense. Yeah, I mean, in like a different sense, I would sometimes ask this question. I mean, if you helped so many people, but ultimately sacrificed so much of yourself, like when you're in your grave like are you really going to be like yay i helped all these people but i hate myself and i have no friends and i don't know 
I think ultimately there's a very selfish human aspect of us where we just want to be content and like uh, content comfort oh my god like similar words I guess but you know for me I would uh, it, it sucks because it comes to the sense of when you help others or you don't help others because it becomes once again a personal feeling of comfort versus the very universal gracious thing of helping others and impacting others I don't think that being content is necessarily the same thing as being comfortable um, I think that comfort has connotations of being being in a place where you don't need anything but it's it's more for yourself whereas I think content is something that looks outwards I don't know if that makes sense but uh, in, in other words comfort is is more you're doing this for yourself and being content is more about being okay so that so that you can you know fill in the blank so that you can do other things so that you can help people so that you can um you know go out there and be beyond this this comfort bubble i think that the word comfort is more about staying enclosed in this kind of situation whereas being content is more about how you approach life and not necessarily the situations you put yourself in but do you think that being content could also be somewhat self-centered in being content with like doing nothing definitely well i think that anything you do can have this aspect of self-glorification i don't think that there's anything you can point to any choice that someone makes that isn't at least a little bit selfish because if you're making that choice it's gonna benefit someone um and so i think that that's kind of like a false dichotomy to create um but i do think that there is a difference between the idea of wanting to be content versus the idea of wanting to be comfortable so let's end with this <laughs> so what now listening to everything that we just said should we focus on ourselves and focus on the comfort of our own lives or is there something greater ultimately i don't think anything we said means anything at all i mean with these like really deep conversations i always have this feeling like so what you know i listened to this podcast i listened to this read this one book about this ted you know like whatever and this ted talk I mean, I'm still living, I'm still Nadia, I'm still living my life. Um, but ultimately, I personally still think that if you are comfortable, if you're happy, not happy, um, but if there's this development in yourself when you're comfortable, that really gives this energy that's like so nice. I feel like as a friend, as a, a stranger, meeting people who aren't stressed and are comfortable and like have this confidence in what they're doing, I think surpasses like the super deep um world changing people um like in terms of like, a very personal sense in a very social sense so i guess if i if anyone had to take anything from this like i want you as a human being as nadia i hope that um you find like your stuffed animals or you find the person to give you hugs because you know you deserve it well i want to thank you so much for joining me today nadia this was an amazing experience, okay? You know, like all of you being here, being in this room, speaking to you all, listening to the nice, cute music, it's all too much sometimes. 
And like this whole thing about comfort and friends and like a higher sense of happiness, like you're giving me that right now. And I want to thank everyone for letting this happen. <laughs> and with that, I'd like to give a big thanks to our executive producer, Quinn Cardi, for the production of this episode. Um, if you want more information about me, you can visit my website at alexanderkitka.com. That's A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A-K-Y-T-K-A dot C-O-M for more interesting content and my blog. Um, you can also follow Ergo Podcast on all types of social media, as well as we now have a GoFundMe page. The link will be in the description of this episode. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>